I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello and welcome to the most haunted city on earth podcast. I'm Chris Susie. And I'm Enoch Edenfield. And I'm JT Timmons. And today we have a special episode, not just because Madison is missing. That <laughs> makes it strange and peculiar and odd and a mystery. Ooh. Ooh. Whatever happened to Madison? Ooh. I didn't kill her. <laughs> That's absolutely true. For now. They always look at the spouse. <laughs> That's true, yes. Yeah. Uh, if, if anyone's to blame. <laughs> uh, Madison is actually out ill. She is not feeling well, so she is sitting this one out. And it's a shame because today is going to be a real banger of an episode. Um, of course, we do have some new pair of junkies to thank. Yes, we do. All right. Let me go ahead and thank Maria Cruz, Angie Fenton, Jen Merck, Destiny, Melissa Ducote and Lindsay Waffle. I love the last name on Lindsay <laughs> Waffle. Waffle. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now I want waffles. All the people that I just mentioned are getting ad-free episodes and exclusive content and all types of fun stuff. So become a pair of junkie. And you can become a pair of junkie by going over to our Patreon, which is at the Haunted City Podcast. Uh, you can find us uh, on Patreon just by tapping those little words in Haunted City Podcast. Yes. Um, do you have a Patreon? I do. Oh, perhaps we should be Look, plugging yes. up pa- Patreon too. Because here's another. <laughs> Amy's got an amazing Patreon. Uh, push yeah. it, push it, push it. Uh, no pressure. Uh, yeah, it's just my name. Enoch Edenfield on Patreon, uh, but I do exclusive videos. I do exclusive lives over there and working on a few other things. Yes. Also, if you're not following Eni on TikTok, you, you got to follow Eni on TikTok. Uh, you do so many lives. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> like, oh, oh, Eni's on. It's like Savannah's TikTok. It well, is you indeed. Know. I, I try to roam the streets at mm-hmm. night. <laughs> yeah, she does. Well, Madison and I'll be like going to grab dinner, like, you know, like a late dinner. And uh, and we'll just like run into Eni just mm-hmm. randomly. And she's live streaming. She's like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> always entertaining. Always yes. great. Also, Eni uh, does uh, walking tours. Yep. I own I and operate my own ghost and history tour company. Nice. Enoch Enfield Tours. Very mm-hmm. original name. Yep. Hey, you know what you're getting. Yep. <laughs> it's, Me. Yeah. It's 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 straight up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and uh, it's it's the one woman show, and it's an excellent opportunity. And we try to send anybody who is looking for a good walking tour your way oh, because um, because we watch the walking tours too often. Yes. Uh, that's one of the fun things about going on the TikTok live. Um, so uh, today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about animals. Purported psychic abilities. Uh, and animals are, of course, uh, renowned for having this uh, incredible intuition and this incredible ability to see through the veil or sense things before they happen. And uh, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. And and Eni actually has uh, a, a partner in crime in, in, in your tours. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about 
Vash. Yeah. <laughs> so my dog Vash uh, is with me almost all the time. He's at daycare today, so he's getting a little bit of a break. Uh, but anytime I go for walks, anytime I'm doing a live, he's there with me. I go walk in the cemeteries often, and he's with me again. Uh, and for the most part, he's used to things. All the strangeness of Savannah he's gotten used to. So when he alerts to something, it's a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And all of us have had pets that at one time or another just freak us out. You know, yeah. uh, everybody's had that dog that just like suddenly looks in the corner mm-hmm. and there's absolutely nothing there. And you're just like, <laughs> what are you looking at? What is it? Don't do that. Stop. Uh, or a cat. It's especially weird when a cat does it because the cat is already kind of like conspiratorial. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, that cat is up to that. That cat is planning your demise. And then all of a sudden it's like, and you're like, well, what are you looking at? I don't understand it. And then they get down. Oh, yeah. They hunch. That, yeah, they hunch. Or their back goes up. And you're like, oh, no. You're looking like a Halloween greeting card. That's that's a no-go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, animals and their abilities uh, to sense uh, things that we cannot. Yeah. Um, and, and first up is, of course, natural disaster, because that is a classic story that comes time and time again uh, before and around natural disasters. Animals uh, are oftentimes the first uh, indicator that something is about to happen, uh, sometimes even before there are uh, scientific measurements for what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the stories that we, we actually uh, researched and brought up was the, um, the tsunami in 2004 because yes. uh, in uh, the uh, the tsunami in 2004 uh, you, they saw like elephants running for high ground and, and all of the animals pulling away from the coastline and it's like those animals knew intrinsically yeah. that there was something going on and the question is was it um, a psychic ability or was it some kind of sense that we, as human beings, have, have, have removed ourselves from the natural order <laughs> so we don't have that natural sense of when something is off kilter? Yeah. Yeah. Native Americans have been, you know, uh, uh, doing that for a while, like, like watching animals and all that. I mean, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Animals are incredible indicators. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the, the phenomenon of animals? Uh, detecting like um, natural disasters? Um, well, growing up in Florida, as some of us did, uh, anytime there is a hurricane, you, even, even without having a meteorologist, which we have the benefit of today, there was this eerie calm. And, you know, I grew up in rural Florida panhandle, lots of animal noises. And growing up, I remember every day, the day before the hurricane, there would be this complete stillness. Mm. No bird sounds, no dogs barking, hmm. uh, and it was just completely silent. And then, of course, you get the crash of the hurricane after that. Yeah, it's uh, that's an interesting point because, like, there's nothing quite as eerie as, like, being out in the woods, like, camping or something, and you have all those like, yeah. crickets and cicadas and everything just screaming, and then it just goes silent. <laughs> and you're like, uh-oh something's here i immediately think witchcraft when that happens <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking bigfoot not, not, <laughs> yeah. not demons this time not demons this time no okay. not, not, not demons. no no because no. demons, no, demons come with bugs buzzing <laughs> and you know the creepy crawlies all crawling creeping 
But even recently, when we were worried about Idalia hitting us, right. uh, mm-hmm. I was out the night before, and it was completely silent downtown, like eerily silent. And then I went yeah. out the night after, and like you could hear the frogs and the right. fountains and the insects and everything. It's like, ugh. It's fascinating. And, and that's such an amazing thing because whatever it is that they are tuned to has has that pattern because it's it's uh, we actually did not get hit bad at all Mm-mm. by idalia as, really it, as it came through we were very lucky uh, it certainly was bearing towards us but that gives you this idea of the scope of of this kind of premonition is the threat is apparent and the threat uh, seems to be a condition that animals can pick up on uh, in in whatever animalistic in, uh, intuition they have. Um, another big uh, uh, story that people like to talk about are earthquakes. Yeah. Because earthquakes are also um, oftentimes preceded by animal behavior, strange mm-hmm. animal behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1989, the San Francisco earthquake was uh, preceded by a lot of animals acting very peculiar. Uh, just noting that you're like, oh, well, why is you know the dog behaving this way? Why is this dog you know <laughs> running in circles like this? And why? And one of those things was, oh, you know what? This animal is actually reacting to a seismic shift that was barely perceptible by any of the most sophisticated you know uh, equipment. And then, boom, you had this earthquake. Yeah. And so there comes again the idea: is it? supernatural preternatural or is it just natural and we have removed ourselves from that uh type of divination that type of of understanding of of what's going on yeah i think i definitely think like starting with weather it you know we're going in the natural direction like for sure i'm I'm not super convinced that it is uh uh supernatural at all but like with um you know i was i was reading before um we started some of madison's uh research uh with nancy best and her dachshund and how her dachshund found um her uh breast cancer tumor tumor. Mm -hmm. right absolutely yeah she um she supposedly what happened is one of the most widely reported cases is that of nancy best her dachshund mia would continuously sniff a specific spot on her owner's breast uh when nancy went for a checkup doctors discovered that she had breast cancer right where mia had been sniffing after surgery to remove the tumor mia no longer showed any interest in that spot like that for me is like all right maybe that's go that's that's passing the line of natural and to supernatural well i mean yes and no because if it's something that doesn't belong the dog's interest yeah you know and can smell because i think there are now dogs specifically used to 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 detect things i think uh non-hotskin's lymphoma is a detect tumors yeah yeah Absolutely, what? tumor sniffing dogs. That's crazy. Well, when you think about like what we ask of <laughs> right, dogs, don't retract that. Then, <laughs> uh, well, uh, what we ask of dogs a lot, you know, uh, people think that bomb sniffing dogs and drug sniffing dogs and all these That's things, crazy. you know, trained to do this, they are smelling for minute traces, minute traces yeah. of chemicals and things like that. And so, in the case of um, of like a disease and a dog trying to sense a disease, mm-hmm. one would imagine that a dog recognizes the smell of your health the Mm. smell of what you are Mm. normally and if something changes that may very well concern the dog like i know uh, we're fostering 
just a beast of a dog right now. Um, <laughs> and uh, sometimes uh, her intense concern for what's in my face, uh, I think is directly linked with what I ate recently. So, yeah. you know, it's like, that's not something that is normally the smell of your face. And so in my <laughs> mouth is the sniffer. And I'm like, oh, please. Uh, because I think that it's like, oh, that is not normal. That is, what did you eat? What did you have? What did you put inside you? Uh, and I'm sure it's done with love, but it feels like I'm being accosted. So, uh, yes, uh, I think that uh, to some degree, there is a there's the natural concept that yeah. that that disease might have a scent or a thing, mm -hmm. but th I think that supernatural element is that it's danger, that it understands that it's a disorder because that's not uh, that's not necessarily something that just automatically comes to uh, to mind when you smell something that is different or that when the dog detects something that is different, yeah. you know. Um, you always hear that when you you go to somebody's house and oh they smell my dog on my pants you know and the dog yeah. is, uh, is 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 all over your sniffing, but when when a dog becomes concerned, you know when it when it shows concern because it mm -hmm. recognizes that it might be something dangerous that it might be something harmful for sure that you know how does that register what is there is there a smell that's like oh oh that that smells like death you know that smells like like something bad is happening inside you. Well, what about uh, dogs and even cats at uh, retirement centers mm. oh, who yeah. have gone oh, and yeah. laid down next to people? Like there was a story of a cat. I can't yes. remember where. Um, but this cat hated people but was at some type of retirement center. Mm -hmm. And the staff noticed that this cat would go and lay with people who were about to die. Well, I think Stephen King used that story in Dr. Sleep. In the, in the book Dr. Sleep, um, it was literally – the cat would 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 sit at the foot of someone who was about to die. Interesting. And 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 that is common enough. You know, you you get this very interesting uh, idea because um, uh, here's here's a great example of 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 what might qualify more in the psychic realm and supernatural realm. Um, we had a cocker spaniel. <laughs> we'll we'll start the story by saying that my dad. Special Forces, Sergeant Major, tough as nails guy, Vietnam vet, always wanted a dog named Saber. And he wanted it to be a German Shepherd named Saber. Um, Good name. The first dog we got was a floppy dog named Mops. Floppy dog <laughs> named Mops. And then we got a <laughs> Cocker Spaniel named Libby. So the Cocker Spaniel named Libby. So Cocker Spaniels are temperamental animals. Yes. Um, but one night, this dog just started howling Ooh. in a way that was that hurt your heart when you, you you knew this dog was in pain. So we were thinking it hurt itself and we were trying to figure it out. But it, inconsolable, we, we went to the vet and the vet happened to be uh, the kind of broker that got Libby to us. And when we brought Libby in, he was like, oh, no, what, what's wrong? He's like, oh, she's just howling. She's howling. He's like, that's so weird because Libby's father died. Whoa. Just last night. Libby was howling. Whoa. In such a way that was mournful. And we learned that Libby's father had died that night. Wow. And I was like, that's that's more than No, for sure. You know, that there's there's definitely something there. And I've heard stories like that before, especially like when you hear stories of, of animals whose owners pass away. 
mm-hmm. and that and the animal knew it, you know, and the animal started sure. crying or or making these these sounds because they recognized the shift because they experienced the world in a different way. They're experiencing, you know, energy in a different way, and when it when it's removed, they know. Yeah. I always get so worried when, like, I go on vacation or something like that, that when I leave Argyle and Tartan, that they are, like, did he die? Oh, Like, sure. is he gone forever? Right. And, like, I get so concerned about that. I'm like, I'm, and there's nothing I can do because I'm, like, a thousand miles away, and it's just like that. Well, but I think that it is safe to assume that an animal understands. Yeah your presence in the world and maybe you're gone a distance but you know uh <laughs> like you could spend all day watching soldiers returning home to their dogs so, you know, yeah videos, right you know these beautiful <laughs> videos of the dog being like ah you're back uh so you know i think there is yeah. something to the idea that yeah. maybe animals do perceive our our living essence uh and understand it um and Unfortunately, I don't think animals really have a concept of time. Mm. So when you're gone, even for a minute, it's like forever. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's just it's just gone. Um, but yeah, I find that interesting that there is uh, there are medical study groups that that believe that animals uh, that dogs can sniff out tumors and disorders and certain illnesses. Yep. And some dogs I think are more attuned to different illnesses. <laughs> like yeah. like uh, some dogs are, 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 are just good at, at a very specific type of cancer. So I think that, um, that that does border on the absolutely supernatural in the sense of uh, they detect it sometimes before even our tests detect it. Or sure. before we're able to, before there's any symptoms, before there's anything like that. So, um, so that is that is a big one. Yeah, uh, right there. I know. I know for a fact that my dogs watch me and Madison more than we actually watch them. Like, like mm-hmm. pay attention to them. I mean, you know, we we obviously can figure out if something's going wrong really quick with them uh, if they're not eating and stuff like that. But like, you know, the moment that like I get a fever or something, you know, they're they're more I don't know, like attached and worried and Argyle lick my face when I have a fever. It's like weird. And so like, I guess to cool me down, you know, so it's like, I don't know. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool how like in tune they are to, uh, to their owners and people. (laughs) The health of the pack. We don't deserve dogs. No, no, absolutely not. No, no, that's the truth. Certainly (laughs) not. But yeah, I, I think the, I think the, um, the story of the cat is like, like it, it makes you wonder: Does it actually sense the the body shutting down, or is there like a paranormal aspect to that? Well, yeah, that's an excellent question. Yeah, um, cats, cats especially. Oh yes, always seem to have like one foot in the other realm, right? Well, there's many cultures that believe that cats stand at the threshold, and when you think of a person who is passing or dying, uh, the door is opening, and the cat knows you know, ideally that the door is opening and goes to be where the door is so that, and this is a, a fascinating series of, of belief structures that come from many different cultures. The idea that cats kind of protect yeah. this realm, you yeah. know, they, um, uh, they sort of, <laughs> people say that the reason why they sleep so much is because they're actually defending us in a, in a dream threshold. 
and that the dream threshold when we dream is actually the closest to the other side that we get to. Mm. So the dream threshold is where death passes and our spirit goes through and all these things happen. And the cat, whenever it pierces into the waking world, wants to be on the right side of that door to make sure nothing bad comes through. Yeah. I love that theory. It's a great story, you know, and, and, and it's funny because it's, it's utilized in lots of stories. Uh, lots of people have, uh, I think uh, Neil Gaiman has, has, has written a wonderful uh, cat story about the dream threshold and, uh, and HP Lovecraft of course had a long time love of, of cats and their, their position between the horrors of the universe and our world. Um, but, and you know, uh, cats are always held in this high reverence Oh yeah, for that purpose. Um, uh, they are mystical animals mm-hmm. in, in, in many ways, um, although they are seemingly diabolical at times. <laughs> so a couple, uh, a couple points that uh, Maddie made in her research for this episode was um, staring at empty spaces. We Absolutely. already mentioned that a little bit. Uh, one of the most common stories of pets staring intently at a seemingly empty space um, or one of the most common stories is of pets uh, staring at an empty space. Owners will sometimes notice their dog or cat uh, fixedly watching a specific spot in the room, sometimes following it as if it has an uh, invisible entity is moving. I have a story about that. I don't think I've told it on this podcast before. Okay. Um, so when I first moved to Savannah in 2010, I moved into this really awesome old Victorian house over on East Henry Street mm-hmm. that had been split into three apartments. The first floor was one apartment, second floor was two apartments, and I had one of the upstairs apartments. As I'm moving in, my neighbor from across the hall comes over to introduce himself, uh, and he said, hey, what do you think about ghosts? Do you believe in ghosts? And I'm like, that's a really weird warm-up question. Yeah, that is (laughs) out of the gate. (laughs) Welcome to Savannah. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I grew up in the South. Like, I've seen some things. And he said, okay, cool. My apartment's haunted. He might come over to yours. Normally, he just stays in mind. I just wanted to give you a heads up in case you experienced anything strange. I was like, all right. Welcome to Savannah. Uh, Pretty thoughtful, though, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now, I had two cats at the time, Wim and October. And every once in a while, after this neighbor moved out, he had been there for a year and he moved to another town. When that apartment was vacant, they would stop and stare at the doorway into our shared hallway. And I actually went out there one time thinking that maybe our landlord had come up. No one out there. Mm. Mm. And Ooh. they would only do it when the apartment was vacant. After that neighbor moved out, another woman moved in. She was only there for a little bit. She was going through a divorce, so I assumed that she moved out because of that. Sure, sure. Uh, and again, when the apartment was vacant, they would stop and stare at the door. Now, my neighbor had told me what the ghost's name was. I totally forgot because I'm terrible with names. (laughs) And so the first time it happened, I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. But then when it kept happening, I thought I should probably say something. So I just look over towards the door and I said, hey, Bob, I don't actually remember your name. We're just going with Bob right now. Uh, (laughs) How's it going? Look around if you want. I'm sure you're bored because there's nobody in the apartment across the hall. Uh, You're cool. Just don't mess with anything. And yeah, it was only like that when the yeah. apartment was vacant. Then sure. a third set of neighbors moved in. Nothing after that. Sure. Wow. Sure. Well, and that's another thing that uh, that we've talked about a lot on this is these spirits. They they're they're drawn to life, you know. And people are always like, "Oh, that old abandoned house is so you know haunted and everything." It's like, well, they're just dying 
for some. Uh, they're, just, they're just hoping that some living thing will come close enough for them to in, in, interact and engage and, yeah. and, and participate in the living world. And so, yeah, uh, it makes sense that when, when no one's in the apartment and they're just kind of muddling around, they're like, well, right across the way, there's, you know, <laughs> I can just go and, and poke my head in there and look around. Um, so, yeah, and, and the fact that uh, you have that, that moment when when the animal just you know, um, <laughs> I had uh, a, an experience uh, I was walking uh, my dog uh, on the um, dueling grounds and my dog just came to a sudden stop and uh, was this story or no this is ranger. ranger okay I just came to a sudden stop and it was just like oh okay and ranger was not the most focused animal <laughs> we'll just go ahead and say that. Uh, uh, and not the most interested in anything. Uh, Ranger was very much like a cat in a lot of ways. It very ignores everything, just yeah. flops around, I just kind of hangs <laughs> off the sides of, of, of the furniture, like, a, you know, like I spilt a dog on the couch. Um, <laughs> and so uh, it was very interesting how alert Ranger was at that moment. And then Ranger sat. But there's this way that dogs sit when you command a dog to sit, there's a very jerky mm -hmm. motion that yeah. they make. You know that somebody said sit because they don't just, they're not just like sitting to relax oh. or anything. And so he just like sat, like somebody told him to sit and he was like looking straight up. And I was just like, what? What is happening? And, and that was the other thing was the way that his head was suggested that whoever told him to sit was very tall, taller than I was. Wow. I'm I'm tall. Uh, I'm six foot four. And so whatever it was was above where my head would have been to look into the eyes. And I just sat there for the longest time and then snapped right out of it and started running around again. Wow. And it was so bizarre. It really did. It, it was one of those yeah. things where it's like that that encounter had these beats to it where, you know, uh, because when Ranger was outside, so – Ranger inside, liquid dog. Ranger outside was everywhere at once, dog. <laughs> um, so it was really weird to see him just stop and and, sure. and and stand for a second. And then it was really weird to watch him sit like that because it, it was that response when, sure. you, when you tell him, sit. And you know that because they're like, oh, I know this one. You know, it's like there's a, a response uh, mechanism going on. Was there a tree like about mm -hmm. like it wouldn't have been a squirrel like where he was because no, I know I, like, I know he's a hunting dog. He was a hunting dog. Yeah, and 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 he does he he would point. Okay, so you know, point. so he would point if he saw something that he was hunting. Sure, this was not a point. This was oh. a something's here. You know, Got it. Somebody's somebody's standing in front of me, um, and we were in the middle of the dueling grounds. So like between the playground. <laughs> by the way, if you ever make your way to Savannah, Georgia, and go to the <laughs> Colonial Park Cemetery, on the south side of the cemetery, there's a lovely playground to remind the children that they can't play forever, <laughs> or, or they can, or perhaps they can. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, on the dueling grounds, uh, there it's just a it's like a stretch of grass. Um, and, and it's kind of free of trees yeah. and, and, mm -hmm. and obstruction. And so we were just walking and an, another note is that the cemetery actually extends beyond the, the fence line because, uh, what, what, what the cemetery is right now is a condensed 
fenced in version of a much larger cemetery <laughs> that we were like, oh, we need a road here. Ah, but just, we just squish it in. We just, <laughs> we just squish it in a little. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. So the next one is actually reacting to unheard noises. Dogs barking, growling, or whining at seemingly nothing can be quite unsettling. Many pet owners have stories of their dogs suddenly becoming agitated and growling at a corner where nothing appears to be present. Um, and then avoidance behavior. Uh, there are tales of cats refusing to enter certain rooms or areas of a house. Some dogs, too, might suddenly become reluctant to go into a specific part of the house where they were previously comfortable. Oh, absolutely. There are lots of people who will bring their dogs to scary places. A, a, good, uh, a good piece of equipment for a ghost hunt is, you know, a, a small manageable dog. <laughs> because oftentimes they will alert you to changes that cannot be detected through, you know, normal means. But I have heard of, of the animals who won't go into a certain area or will avoid a certain thing. I, I want to say there's a story about um, a family who got a, a chair from an antique store. And when they brought it in, the animal was... Uh, I think it was a cat, was like always very skittish around the chair and would not go near the chair. Mm. And uh, and where it would sit in your lap, if you're in any other chair, if you sat in that chair, it would avoid you like the plague. <laughs> I was like, that's a bad chair. Yeah. Recently, I took Vash with me to this real weed house because during the day they have history tours right. that they allow dogs on. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, boy. Right? Uh, so maybe, maybe you and Madison should take Nelson's dogs. I <laughs> think that's a great idea. That's, a, uh, that's awesome. So we get there. It starts in the courtyard. Vash is having the best time. There's some great smells. People are giving him dog treats. He was like, this is amazing. Why aren't we here all the time? <laughs> this is my new favorite place. Yes. Uh, uh, then they take us into the basement. Oh, yeah. No. I can't he, imagine that went well. He hated it down there he was so skittish so ready to get out of there once they took us up to the first Goodness. floor he was like oh thank god uh really i and don't the know the sorrel weed house yeah. is is phenomenally haunted oh yeah um and that basement and you know even just being uh with human senses in the basement there are certain things there's a smell to that basement that is charged almost because it's not like musk or mold it's like a um yeah, I know exactly. Almost ozone-y smell yeah. to it. Um, that's yeah. like the perfect way to put it is ozone <laughs> Yeah, you know, metallic-y. Yeah, yeah. It's so strange, but you get that sensation yes. that that it's charged, that that entire basement is just charged and ready to you know, blow. Well, they have the they have that thing down there that runs at people. Supposedly, mm -hmm. it's the um, it's like the shadow figure that people see. This like he's like really tall and he runs straight at you, and then you wince, and then he's gone. Um, maybe that's what Vash was seeing. Mm. Yeah, there were reports that the front of that parlor area was uh, part of a trench during the revolution Ooh. where the Hessians. Uh, buried their dead so there's a there's a lot of stories about that because i think that was one yeah. of those questions was is this a hessian and it's so funny because i think in old early american parlance uh, a hessian ghost was terrifying uh the headless horseman mm -hmm. is a hessian yeah. uh uh you know who lost his head in in battle um but that notion because the hessians were such fierce fighters and such fierce warriors that uh and they were mercenaries so so they they were not fighting for something they believed in they were just fighting because they were good at fighting mm -hmm. um and so they became 
they became the the villain of many a story, especially supernatural stories. So you imagine that you know uh, it's easy to parlay, you know, oh, these are where the Hessians were buried. Ah, that's that's not good news. So how often does uh, Vash see things? Because we know that he can see ghosts, mm -hmm. but how how often is that? So we walk out at cemeteries often, mm -hmm. and every once in a while he will stop. He will look ahead and look back at me and oftentimes it's a tour group or something so mm -hmm. i'm like yeah i see those people those are people yeah, those are real people <laughs> and then sometimes he does it and i don't see anything <laughs> and one time we were walking at one of our city cemeteries and it was it was late fall early winter uh -huh. he looks up ahead on the path that we're on and starts to growl hackles raised mm. ready to attack and Y'all have met my dog. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, very yeah. chill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have never seen him react like that Whoa. before. And that Whoa. was where we had to go. Like, my car was on the other side. Yeah. So I just yelled out ahead. I was like, I don't know who you are. I don't care. We're not going to bother you. We're just trying to get to our car. We won't be, we won't be back. Uh, and, yeah, he. that was the only time I've ever seen him react like that. Goodness gracious. Yeah, there's nothing weirder than the growl, like out of nowhere, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I, I've experienced it a couple of times with different dogs in my life where you're it, late, late at night, you're just sitting there, and then all of a sudden there's a that growl. That's, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. Our guy like, uh, all day. Yeah. What's happening, buddy? <laughs> what do you see? And it's just like, yeah. um, and uh, Ranger was was a sleep talker. So while Ranger was asleep, he's like, <laughs> but there was one time when, when it was a growl and it was like the lowest and meanest sounding growl. Oh, wow. And it was just like, okay, that's not the normal, you know, it's like a protective. Yeah. Maybe? It was, yeah. It was like this, like this deep resonant growl and you're like, mm, yeah. call the priest. <laughs> it may, it makes you wonder, like, not only can they see ghosts, can they tell if the entity is good or bad? Oh, absolutely. Well, That's and that the was crazy thing. the interesting thing yeah, uh, with, with the Vash story was uh, this notion that to a dog, it's possible that a lot of ghosts just look like people, you know, that, that it doesn't register to them that mm -hmm. there's something supernatural. But then there are entities that are probably darker and scarier, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, entities that, that, that pose threats. Um, and... And, and that could get the hackles up and that could get the, the sensation of, of the protective animal, the protector animal coming in. So, yeah, I think that uh, that it's possible that that dogs do not differentiate yeah. a lot of ghosts from people. But when something dangerous comes along, mm -hmm. you know, it's something that maybe non-human comes along. Um, because, you know, think of how uh, your dog reacts to other animals. You know, there are a variety. Like um, right now, my dog Starry is very reactive to other dogs. Um, so if it sees another dog, it, it gets very hyper. And sometimes when I'm sure. walking Starry at night, Starry will look right into like a patch of dark, you know, underbush and just do that, you know, oh, it's a dog kind yeah. of sensation. And you're like, is there a dog under there or what? Something else. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and she's strong enough to pull me. She's pulled me into the brush more than once. <laughs> yeah, uh, to, that's to go. muscle. Yeah, it's she all is muscle. A muscle. <laughs> it is so true. All right, and then um, next one is the ghostly cat visitor. 
which is a woman claimed that after her beloved cat passed away, her other pets would often act as if they still saw the deceased cat. They would suddenly make space on the bed as if uh, making room for another animal or uh, playfully interact with an invisible entity in the way that they used to play with the departed cat. Yes, absolutely. Well, Savannah's full of ghost cats. Yeah. There are many many. locations that celebrate (laughs) ghost cats. I think O House has a ghost cat. Jones Street actually has a ghost cat that um, goes through several townhouses right between uh, Abercorn and Drayton. Uh, the stories of of the same cat just kind of like being in people's apartments, uh, and it it doesn't it has no respect for boundaries, so it's just like running through the walls up and down <laughs> that whole area. Um, Davenport. Davenport. I was gonna say one of the the big yeah. uh, um, touristy attractions, Davenport House, has a famous cat that that many people have seen and and remark upon. Mm-hmm. The Sorrel Weed House has a ghost yep. cat. So does the well, maybe not now, but the. Uh, Hampton Lily Bridge. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone saw Jim Williams' cat right. in a window after That's the cat right. had passed. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's wild. All right, and then uh, the next one is a dog's protective instinct. We were just actually just talking about that. Um, there was a story where a woman recounted her dog's behavior when she moved into a new apartment. Every night, the dog would stand at the doorway of her bedroom, facing outwards, growling lowly at the living room. Uh, this behavior was consistent, and the woman claimed she sometimes felt a cold chill coming in from the living room. Uh, she later learned a person had died in the apartment before she moved in. Oh, so there you go. Almost, almost definitely seen a ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably, probably. Yeah. It's a stranger danger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then uh, the phantom dog walker uh, is the last story. It's a man shared a story of his late night walks with his dog in a quiet neighborhood. Why are these all like so similar? That's crazy because you haven't seen this part. Um, On multiple occasions, his dog would suddenly start wagging its tail and showing signs of excitement as if greeting a familiar person uh, when there was no one in sight. After speaking to a longtime resident of the area, the man learned that another dog walker used to take the same route nightly, but had passed away some years ago. Mm. Yep. That's wild. One time, Vash and I were down on River Street, and it was around Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving is usually pretty quiet down oh, on yeah, River Street. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is one of the few times I'll go down there. <laughs> uh, Take and, note, everyone, if you're coming to Savannah. <laughs> uh, so we were down there. I was, I think I was doing a TikTok live. And Vash stops, looks ahead of us, and he does this particular, like, crouch and wiggle thing when he sees another dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he did that. Couldn't see a dog anywhere. No dogs. It was a well-lit area, too. There were no dogs. There were no cats. There was nothing. No. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to think that, you know, uh, the whatever blockers... Uh, we as humans have put up so that we don't experience these things. Uh, animals don't have that. They're 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 never told not to look for it. They're never told not to you know participate with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and in many cases, I imagine that uh, the domestication of animals comes with this great you know um, side order of paranormal. <laughs> you know you are you are actually you know because when you think about it, living with an animal is weird. We, yeah. we, we bring in another species into our lives 
birds and dogs, fish and cats. A much cuter species. And yeah, you know, and and, and it's just, and we, we cohabitate with them and we care for them and they, they re- return affections. But how strange is that? Yeah. And, and our barrier of understanding animals is paper thin because we think we know everything about our pets. We think we know every, we, we, we have, you know, a long list of explanations for every behavior that they have, but there's, there's, they are different creatures altogether and have different, you know, uh, sensibilities and senses altogether. So, um, because I think birds are an interesting thing because birds aren't, aren't mammals, you know, so, so they're like one step further removed. Sure. And when a bird goes nuts, uh, in their cage or something like that, it's like, oh, you know, I can't even fathom what it is sure. that, that, that has, you know, this bird in such a flustery, you know, position. Um, plus some birds talk, uh, and that will always serve as a weird notion to me mm-hmm. because we're taught well I was taught when I was young that it's a mimicry that these that the birds are mimicking but over time it seems as though no they are communicating they understand what sound equals what thing yeah and I hate to break it to you that's talking that's <laughs> that's what we do we learn what sound <laughs> mean you know cup I was taught cup means this. That, and yeah. so if a bird is able to go cup and identify appropriately a cup, then it is communicating correctly. And I've heard tale of, of birds that have been able to uh, call out to people who have died. Sure. You know, owners who have died. And and since parrots live, because a parrot can live, what, 80 years? 80, yeah, like a long time. They can outlive their owners by a by a healthy margin. And then they were like, oh, you know, Roger. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, is, is Roger here? That's <laughs> a knife. Run. <laughs> like, ah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I find it fascinating that we, 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 we live with animals because um, it's a strange practice. Yeah. Well, this has been a super fun episode. Thank you so much, Eni, for joining us. It's just a short and sweet live stream. And um, next episode, uh, Maddie will be back. Uh, Eni can be back, too. We'd love to have her as a guest uh, and inviter if she's available. Um, But, yeah. Uh, let's see any other oh we got the Paracon coming up this well actually they're hearing it now so uh, quit the quit the episode out and head on over to the Paracon if you're because yeah. <laughs> you're, you're hearing it on Saturday if you're in Savannah yeah uh, the Paracon is going on uh, look it up Paracon Savannah mm-hmm. um, I think it's hosted by the further wandering further wandering further cool, cool. Wandering and you'll further. be there yep not oh. in an official capacity but I'll be hanging out awesome with us yeah, hang on with us. So yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, it's it's fascinating. Uh, an amazing roster of of visiting paranormal celebrities coming into town, um, and they are hosting a lot of things. So if you are available and uh, and want to uh, check out some very incredible stuff, there's uh, ghost hunts being set up in in some really awesome places and uh, and talkbacks and uh, and I believe a. A psychic reading from 
uh, chip coffee. And so, yeah, absolutely. Happy and, um, and be looking out for our October activities. We're fast approaching October and we have been collaborating on some interesting October festivities for people who are interested in, in the area. Yes. For sure, for sure. All right. My name's JT Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And I'm Enika Edenfield. All right. Stay spooky, y'all. <laughs>